0: Welcome to Practically If I a podcast about life, about getting real, and about Chabad Hasidus. Here's our hosts, Menachem Poznansky and Rabbi Meir Prager. Welcome back to Practically If I Bring. grateful to be here. This is fantastic. We're jumping into Paragud today. Really, really exciting. And uh, Meir teaches such an important principle, particularly for people. Interestingly, for people that are battling or trying to engage in process of recovery from addictions, it's really, really wonderful, worthwhile to listen. Uh, But first, before we get started, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Um, We love hearing from you, podcast at gmail.com. It's really a great way for us to connect. Okay, so we're going to jump in. Like I said, mayor blew my mind. Really, really fantastic frame for understanding the difference between being in recovery from a challenge, and being recovered. Hope you enjoy. Whew. Okay, here we are, practically a frabrant, and we're up to Perik Yud Meyer. This is really exciting.
1: Double digits.
0: Because of double digits, there you go. That's what I was wondering why it was exciting. Um, okay, ten is wow. complete. Ten is complete. Okay, so uh, we're gonna try to jump in. We're gonna jump in. We're 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 barreling towards Yutes Kislev. When this episode comes out, it'll be very close to your disco sleeve. I don't want to, like, throw you off or anything, but uh, yeah. you, know, you might want to keep that in mind. But uh, Tess we talked about the positioning of the Nefesh Bahamas, the Nefesh kiss and the nature of their interrelationship, and how we talked about the kind of evolving process of how there's a war, and then really there's not a war, and then not only is there not a war, they're really on the same team. All at the same time. So, and then we ended off with a Zaina. Ended off with an intense conversation, though it's used the, the, Tanya uses a, an intense example in order to make a very powerful point, which is where we left off last episode. So, the question now is, where do we go from here?
1: So, this is a, a milestone, Peric, for for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons is because we start getting a perspective of what's what we're doing. We're, like, we're we're heading back, so to speak. In the beginning of Tanya, we spoke about the first lines of Tanya is that uh, the neshama before it comes down, it swore, it swore, it swore to be a tzaddik and not to be a Russia. Then we ask, what is a tzaddik? What is a Russia? What is a Benini? This is all to understand to get to the level of Benini. But we still need to understand what are these posts, what are these marks? Stalika, Russia, and he and he and he explained very clearly there that it's not just about your actions; it's much more than that. The question is, what is it? So in the next subsequent nine, prokim we explained that there's such a thing as a nefesh kiss. There's a shama that's godly. Then there's a nefesh bahamis that's mostly selfish and wants what self-preservation. And then we dis- we discuss the interrelationship, how they interact one with the other, how they're always warring. Each one needs to be the only one that's in charge, because that's the only way it feels it's going to be successful and function, which is true. And um, and now we're based on that at the end of the of the, of the 9, of the Parag 9, where we saw the Nevisha Bahamas, what it would look like and what it feels When it turns, complete, when it turns. So now in 10, we're going to discuss that that's actually the title tzaddik. Tzaddik is somebody that he doesn't have a functioning Nefesh Bahamas anymore. But he right away discusses two levels of tzaddik. There's a lower level and there's an upper level. So first of all, this parakel used to bother me in the sense that I'm I'm so not, we're still not tzaddikim, like really? (laughs) It's a upper level, lower level. It's you know, it's almost like you're gonna let's learn about billionaires. We're not billionaires. We don't have those issues. There's a multi-billionaire. There's a hundred billionaire. There's, a, there's different levels of of, of great greatness. sad We're not even like that. But the truth is, the point of Tanya is that it's it's supposed to be for every single person and dealing with their issues. So when we talk about Tzaddik in Russia, we like to to look at it in not in the macro terms in the totality of somebody's life if he is a holy tzaddik or he's not a tzaddik he's a higher level lower level but within ourselves on how we deal with issues you know is there we have a certain issue did you win over it did you so when you have an issue and it's and it's controlling you then that issue you're a russia to that issue and then when you totally overcome that issue then that's not an issue anymore, and you're tzaddik when it comes to that issue. You're perfect. You're good. So the Al-Tarabhi here needs to describe and say that even though you don't have an issue anymore, it's not so simple. You have to understand what it means you don't have an issue. There's two levels of not having an issue. There's a lower level and an upper level. And how does he describe the difference between one and the other? The lower level is where somebody is so into doing good that he gives no space for anything bad, and he actually gives the example. Let's say of of uh, in Kashrus, there's a thing if if a piece of, of some of some milk spilled into a fleshik soup is it kosher or not? So you have let's say, so it has let's say bottle beshishim. If it's if it if no, if there's sixty times more. Meat soup then than the drop of milk then it then it's still kosher why because at that point the milk that fell in there is completely not functioning it didn't it, you have to make sure that it didn't change the color of this it doesn 't change the color the texture or the taste at all it's completely not realized and doesn 't have any expression at all. So therefore, it's kosher. But if a piece of cheese falls into uh, the meat, then as long as you can still see the cheese, then it doesn't make a difference how many times you got to take the cheese out. It doesn't make it kosher. And that's the same thing over here on the lower level of a tzaddik. It means that he's so into the good that he doesn't deal with the bad, and the bad is just completely dormant. But it doesn't mean it's completely gone. If you wake it up, it could be woken up. Maybe, I don't, I don't like to go to that area, but uh, sometimes we talk about addictions and we have different interpretations, you know, not different, I'm not talking about clinically, but sometimes we, you know, you say about somebody who has an alcohol problem, had an alcohol problem, so he doesn't have an issue anymore, he's fine, he's living a great life. But he shouldn't go to a bar. He shouldn't go to places where it's shown because then you start. It's not. It's not nullified into sixty, and you might reawaken it, and then all of a sudden it's uh, it becomes an issue again. So even so, he is a tzaddik in the sense that it's not a functioning issue anymore for him. But he's not a complete tzaddik because it didn't turn, which we will describe that later in in a minute or two. You know, it still? It could. You still have some residue in there. It's not functioning. It reminds me of a beautiful story. There was there was a chosid, Nisan Nemunov. He was a great Chassid of not only of the Rebbe but not only the Friedrich Rebbe but but his father also. He was a very old man, and he was a mashpia in yeshiva, and. Um, and he was very into the davening long, and very classic Chabad style issues. He was very into, and the the new generation felt that he's not so connected to the Rebbe because Rebbe was much more into outreach and 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 doing this all kinds of projects and a different a different aspect of Chabad. So they always said on him. They 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 held him guilty of not being correctly connected to the Rebbe the way a chosid is supposed to be. So one time he went to the Rebbe, a private audience, and he asked the Rebbe for a tikkun to fix the subconscious bad. So they asked him, what are you talking about? So he told him this issue, that people are saying that I have issues with, as a chosid to you. And I know consciously there's nothing. I'm completely into this. No issue. But the fact that people are telling it to me and they're, they're seeing something, that means they're realizing something that I'm not realizing. So there is a subconscious level that we, we all have and I'm just not conscious of it and I don't know how to deal with it. So therefore, I'm asking you for a ticket to how to fix that. So I don't know what they have answered him. I just like this part, this question because that question came from this parent, Tanya. It's not enough that you don't have an issue anymore. It could be there's some residue left there. You're just so you're so on a high, you're so running positive that you don't see that there is there that you still have something brew something in you that's negative. Then there's another point. Then there's the way he describes the de Gomer, which is interesting. He says the tzaddik gummer not only likes, and he's only doing. He's only. He's also. He's doing good, obviously. He's a tzaddik, but he hates negative. He has a a a, a disdain for something that's not good, that's cancerous, that could be hurtful, that's wrong, and it's odd. It's interesting. The lower level of tzaddik is not. Doesn't have any negative spot. Place, <laughs> he's all good. He's only he's only doing good. You know what? And then the the Alter writes here in, in Dal, 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 Dal and Tanya. You know what's you know what he's missing? He's missing his he's missing to be angry. <laughs> he's missing his hate. So it seemingly it should be the reverse. The lower level of Tzaddik should have some type of hate, so to speak, some kind of anger. And the higher level is doesn't. It's just completely in good place. And that's the depth of what he's saying over here. It's not real to be only in one thing. You have sometimes, you see in, um, in parenting, a lot of times I, I come across a lot lately where, where parents say, Oh, I don't discipline. I I, you, you don't say anything negative to the kid, you only have to say positive. The kid's about to put his finger in a socket, he's gonna get electrocuted. You have to yell at that particular point, he has to have roadblocks. He has to know the, yell, the, the anger is, doesn't, is not always a negative. It's sometimes it's a tool to wake somebody up. So when sleeping, sometimes you have, to, you have to nudge him. You have to push, you have to, you know, so, because that's the way to wake up. That's sometimes it's a way, of, it's not a negative trait. It's only a negative trait when it's used to, because a person is an angry person. And he's offended it personally. It's affecting him. And therefore, he's lashing out. But when you see something bad, you have to, you have to call it out. Like the Chazal tells us, if you, do not use the, if you don't discipline, you hate your kid. They need to know the distinction between good and bad. That good is, 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 is positive and you smile and things are good. And, and when something's bad... It costs. It's terrible, and I want you to not because I want to punish you, because you yourself need to know this. Anything in life, you need the positive, you need the negative. The only way something propels itself is because of resistance. It's how it, the engines when it when it goes when the, against the the fire against the the floor the resistance is what propels forward, to move forward. You know, with the Tzadik Gomer is not just a Tzadik Gomer because his anger of bad. He actually sees that this thing is hurting everybody and everything and this is a negative and it's going to end up destroying a tremendous amount of people and lives and them himself. And he knows it needs to be eradicated. He's not living in Lalo Land where you can only talk about the good. You talk about the good, you're actually letting evil fester in a in a dormant state. True, it's a dormant state, but if something touches it, something, something, it could still reawaken. You didn't get rid of it. The tzadigomer deals with that. It's completely part of his relationship with that with that. And then there's a deeper point. But let's uh let's uh reconnect.
0: Okay. Wow. I said a lot of things. Okay. So part of what you touched on is something that I think we've mentioned before, which is, well, yeah, that's a great question, which is like, why bother having any teachings about the tzaddik? That was where you started off. Because we're not tzaddikim. So like, okay, so I used to think, it's like that story you told about the the chassid who came, he thought he was a tzaddik, and he realized Talavai a right? So I used to think that tzaddik was something that related to me, but I learned tanya And I realized that uh, the program is now benini. I understand why the Altar Rebbe made the name the Sefer, Sefer Shal Beninim. So I'm trying to be a benini, right? So what do I have to get involved in tzaddik, right? That's for Sefer Shal Tzaddikim, right? So what do I have to get involved in, in, in what a tzaddik is, right? Which is a great question. So the point that you brought forward, which we've, like I said, we discussed earlier, is an idea that, that the Rebbe talks about, which is that even though on a macro level you have a tzaddik, a tzaddik gomer, a tzaddik a benini, a a but also on an individual level and even on a moment-to-moment basis, people experience different aspects of those qualities or those character levels. So that, It's important for us to realize that the the system of Tzadik, Bainani, and Russia is not just a system that relates to the overall diagnosis of a person's character and their spiritual level, but rather where a person might be holding on a particular day, but also in a particular area of his life, right? So that a person can experience. Beninus, being a Benini in, in one area of his life, he can be a tzaddik in another area of his life, a tzaddik or even, in another area of his life, and the opposite, obviously, as well. Okay, so, so then, once we understand that, right, so then understanding the nature of the tzaddik becomes critically important, because we have to understand the nature of how we encounter those aspects of ourselves, or perhaps better, you could frame it, I was thinking, how we encounter when the tzaddik within us is expressed externally, right? Like, there's that part of us that the tzaddik, and it comes out in certain areas, and other areas it's blocked off. So, if I want to be able to to connect with that, and know what to do with that, so that I have to understand the nature of a tzaddik. Okay. So then, utilizing that frame, which I think is awesome, in looking at what the chapter is talking about, let's specifically talk talk about how less, like a person's level, a person's madrega, but rather where a person's holding in relationship to a particular problem. And you explained that in the level of tzaddik, there's actually two levels. There's two different ways in which a person can experience tzitka's righteousness, like true, true righteousness, in a particular area of problem. So first of all, there's, there's also a level of up right? Is that, would that be we, the assumption, or we just we're not up to that? The, yeah, we're not up to that. Okay, that's, that's a different thing? Totally, Is that part of this frame? No. No it's a different, different frame. It's a different frame. Okay, fine. Okay, so that's okay, so that's that's important to realize, right? So we're like kind of disassociating, disassociating ourselves. Over here we're talking about somebody who actually overcame. Overcame a problem. But isn't a Benini somebody also who overcame a problem? No. No. Okay. He's in the middle of the fight. He's in the middle of the fight. To be Right. Okay, so I should we should leave it. Okay, fine, yeah. fine. Fine. So when we're talking about it tzaddik, we're talking about somebody who has overcome an issue. Right. And the first the lower level, and this is somewhat counterintuitive, which is very interesting, right? Because the lower level is actually somebody who's so preoccupied with good, with the the opposite of it that he doesn't really doesn't really come up at all, right? And you use the example of uh, let's say, an alcoholic in recovery right? So an alcoholic in recovery might avoid going to a bar because it's triggering for them. They don't, they don't like the feeling. And, and and obviously this is the, this is my area of, of work expertise, right? So, so the analogy is very good. I, I like the analogy. Part of What I understood from the analogy is that, let's say, the alcoholic who's in recovery is so preoccupied with staying sober, or not even staying sober, let's say, if he's involved in a 12-step program, I'm very involved in supporting people in 12-step programs, they're so involved, like, helping other alcoholics, he's so involved, you know, working on himself, developing himself, he never even thinks about drinking, because he doesn't have time to think about drinking. In fact, drinking is something so far from him, because if he drank, then he would lose... He would, wouldn't be able to go to his meetings, and he wouldn't be able to help other people, and he would let other people down. So he just, it doesn't even come up for him. The problem with that level is that, okay, it's great, so he doesn't think about drinking at all, and drinking is not a problem for him. But at the end of the day, laying dormant underneath the surface is a certain natia, a certain inclination towards the alcoholism, and that doesn't make doesn't make his recovery bad, not at all. Don't if anybody's in recovery. I'm not we're not I'm not no, we're not he's disparaging completely, that. He's, completely over he's, a, tzaddik, he's right? a tzaddik. It's great, but mm-hmm. it's important for a person to, to realize, realize right that, that could be present, that there could be that aspect present. And if anything, it might be therefore he wants to avoid certain places or check in with somebody before he goes certain places. There might be things he does in order to protect himself that he shouldn't misassociate his righteousness, so to speak, that level of tzaddik, because there might be a dormant level of orientation to that problem. That's that's the first level. That's a lower level, right, obviously, because that orientation to it is there. The higher level is actually a level, and this is where it becomes very counterintuitive, because that's a level where the person completely despises, comes to completely despise the, the negativity, right? And that kind of feels odd, right? Because you pointed out, like, it seems like hate is bad. Hating something is bad. So why is, you would think that the guy that doesn't even think about it is Mm -hmm. on a much higher level than the guy that despises it, right? So then you pointed out that, that clearly a, when we talk about hate, we're not talking about hate in the way that we would normally associate hate. And it's not hate that's coming from a place of weakness, but rather when a person doesn't care about something or doesn't think about something or doesn't, it doesn't bother them, the ambivalence that they have the tolerance, sorry, that they have reveals a certain ambivalence and neglect about this issue that inherently is is a symbol that the problem is still there. Right? right? If it doesn't bother him, and this means, is interesting because when you talk about that means he still has a relationship with it, right? Right? It's it's fascinating. What's interesting for me, if we're t- if, like to bring about it a little bit, it'd be interesting to get your feedback on this. So, if we're using the frame of an alcoholic who's in recovery, so. In a certain way, it's considered like a positive thing for an alcoholic when they realize, like, I don't care, I can go to shul, it doesn't bother me if this guy's drinking, right? When I'm counseling a guy and they feel that way, it doesn't bother them when other, when other people are, are drinking or maybe even misbehaving, right? That's actually a good thing because that means, like, they have a certain level of freedom. But what you're saying is that there's a certain ambivalence there. Why? Because let's say the alcoholic, this is what I was thinking. Let's say the alcoholic, the recovered alcoholic, goes into shul and he sees people drinking a regular normative amount. And that doesn't bother him. That's a good thing. But if that ambivalence also means he doesn't care about maybe somebody else who is drinking alcoholically. Right, meaning because the problem is not the alcohol. Right? Right. The problem is his relationship with alcohol. Right. But he's already so disconnected from it because he's so involved in recovery. He's like, okay, listen, if you want to come to the meetings with me, I'll help you. But like, if you want to go do over that, you're you're over there. I don't want to have anything to do with you. So uh, you know, so he's okay for himself, but his his ambivalence about it actually reveals part of the problem because he ignores the the darkness. Because right? that's I mean that's where he wants to hate, not to hate the person who's miss misappropriating their drinking, but to hate that aspect, to feel bad, let's say, for the guy who's over-drinking and drinking alcoholically. Right? So to be able to, so that would mean, to me, that would make a lot of sense from my frame, where a guy that could, let's say, if we're using this as an example, a guy who's in recovery from alcoholism, and he goes into shul. And the people that are drinking healthy, it doesn't bother him. But the people that are drinking unhealthy, mamish, bothers him in the depths of his soul. And he feels so bad for them that he wants to help them. So that would be the level of tzaddik gomer. Right. The level of tzaddik shayin gomer right. is he's not even paying attention to those people. So let's,
1: let's use a more benign problem. Let's say overeating. Okay. So somebody eats and he just enjoys, you know, he enjoys chips, potato chips, pretzels, old Nash, whatever. And then all of a sudden one time he gets into it and he decides he needs to eat healthy. So one is that the person's just happy being a healthy person. Then there's a deeper level. When he walks into the supermarket and he sees a whole shelf full of of potato chips bothers him that this poison is on the is is on the is on the shelf people are eating this and they're killing themselves and it's not just it's he's not angry from a bad place he's angry because he knows it's 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 a it's a clear and present danger to to young people and to to people you know as they grow up and as they they as as they're they're eating it's it's an unhealthy thing right somebody who doesn't have that feeling Still has a relationship with the chips, so even though he's not he's generally a healthy person. But sometimes he'll grab a chip or two. Right. You know, remind himself how he used to be, <laughs> smirk and say it's not worth it. Right. That means it, it is worth it. <laughs> he just found something that has more value at this particular time in his life. Mm-hmm.
0: But it is worth. It still has its worth. Right. So there's like three levels. There's the there's the guy who's so preoccupied with the potato chips that he hates the potato chips that he starts going on a campaign against potato chips, and he wants to talk to everybody about potato chips. And really, he's still in the problem. And then there's the guy that he doesn't care about potato chips because, I mean, I love all this culture, sure. uh, this good food. I don't care about potato chips, right? But then the, the tzadagam turns to him and says, what about everybody else? You don't care about potato chips? Look, at it's causing all the suffering in the world. You
1: know, there the have been the famous Atatitzava Maimer, He speaks about an amazing concept. He says, how every, he talks about the, the, the importance of being broken, like how great it is when you break is there's a breaking in the causes, when you squeeze an all of the oil comes out, when someone gets squeezed. So he says, okay, so someone in a negative place, it's easy to, to realize his wife and get squeezed by his circumstances. But how does it start to get squeezed? Mm. And only there ever could say these things. He says, when he realizes that he's the only guy in the room that feels that way, it means there's something wrong. He doesn't have the right perspective. Mm. The whole perspective, not the right. He doesn't have the whole perspective. Right. Something is or there's something wrong that they don't feel like he does. And that breaks him. He goes, why can't they be what how do we get them to eat? How do we get them to be this way? Right. So it's that's why the outer is so important that he says over here that if a person doesn't have the true dislike for negative, he doesn't have the positive either in its full glory, and it means he still has somewhat of a relationship. Right. And that's why Nisim Neronov went uh, went into Yichidus because he had he, he was he was this he, he's dealing with this. It's not enough to look yourself in the mirror and say I don't. It's not my problem anymore. Mm. It's not a question of my problem. Is are you worried to make sure that nobody else that this thing is cancer is eradicated? Not because you're an angry person. Because it's hurting people. Mm. It's hurting. It's hurting anybody who t- who gets in touch with it. It's the relationship you have with it with it.
0: Wow. Wow, that's awesome, man. That's unbelievable. Thank you so much.